Is it any less glorious as we gather as God's people in his presence? God says, wherever two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. God is present. Is there anything less glorious? Though right now we might yawn or be tired, we recognize, just like the disciples who are sleepy, there's something glorious here that God says we may not fully comprehend. The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona, reaching out with rock-solid hope in Rim Country, February 23, 2020. Matthew 17, 1-9. Well, dare I ask... How long it took you to get ready this morning? Certainly, for some it takes longer than others. You need to maybe shave or pick out the correct outfit for the occasion. Maybe perhaps some put on makeup and get ready for the day. And probably to some degree, right? To some degree, all of us probably base some of our confidence off of our appearance. But this morning, as we look at our last part of the series, New You, we see as disciples of Jesus how we have a far different and far greater source of confidence in our life. It's actually from the one who lowered his appearance. That'll be our focus this morning as we see just why we are filled with confidence as the new creation in Christ. You know, Jesus, out of all people, probably didn't have much in his appearance that he could place confidence in. In fact, the scriptures don't give us much of a description of him. We don't know whether he was tall or short, but the scriptures do describe him as rather ordinary looking. There was a, a man that was a forensic scientist and anthropologist and decided to set out on how he could best depict the historical Jesus and what Jesus might have looked like. And he used things like the, the shape of the skulls of Israelite men from that time. And he studied descriptions and portraits of men that lived in Jesus' culture and time. And he inferred from different sources that Jesus probably would have had not the curly, long, Goldilocks hair, but rather short hair. And if you look at the depiction that he made of, of Jesus... It's actually one as nothing exceptional. Jesus looked rather ordinary, you could say. He didn't stand out, not in any way. And that's fitting because the only picture we actually have of the physical appearance of Jesus is in Isaiah 53, where it says, there was nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Nothing that was attractive. Jesus was you could say, undesirable. If anything, he was at best plain. At worst, perhaps some might have described him in their culture as, as, as ugly. This undesirable Jesus is the one that Judas, the betrayer, even had to identify from amongst his disciples so they would know which one was the Messiah that was to be betrayed. But the disciples knew, despite how ordinary, how unattractive Jesus might have looked, they knew he was no ordinary man. They had seen and witnessed him perform wonderful things, starting with that miracle of turning water into wine and the deeds of Jesus where he walked on water, calmed the storm, raised the dead. They knew. And they also heard his powerful words. The disciples knew very well that they were not with an ordinary man. 
In fact, it was just six days before this event that we read about in Matthew 17. Just six days earlier, Jesus asked them, Who do you say I am? Their response, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. They knew Jesus might have looked ordinary, but he was someone extraordinary, the very Son of God in human flesh. It's this Ordinary Jesus, who's about to show them something more, give them a glimpse of who he really is. Jesus takes three of his disciples up on a high mountain. We read from the other Gospels that this was an opportunity for one to pray. And he took them alone to that place, and there it says, suddenly, Jesus' appearance changed. And there is a description of Jesus in the New Testament. It's this right here. His face shone like the sun. His clothes were like light. The, all three synoptic gospels struggled to describe Jesus in such terms as what he looked like. It was so glorious. And to add to that glory, there standing with Jesus were two very prominent men, Moses and Elijah. Those who, as great leaders and prophets in ancient Israel, spoke and shared the word of God and guided God's people in the past. Peter, just perhaps utter confusion, just says, Lord, it's, it's good to be here. Help me, and how about I put up three tents for you? But then, not only did they see the glory of Jesus, it says a bright cloud enveloped them. This is the glory of the Lord, what we read about earlier that appeared on Mount Sinai, which enveloped the temple when it was built, which surrounded the angels at Jesus' birth. This glory of the Lord was now surrounding these disciples on this mountaintop. And then they not only saw, but they heard about the glory of the one who they were with. As the voice of the Father spoke and said, This is my Son, I'm well pleased. Listen to him. At this point, Matthew records that the disciples were face down in the dirt. They had no reason for any confidence standing before this man. And face down in the ground, they, it says they were greatly afraid. It was Jesus' appearing any less glorious today. Sure, just as he came to the disciples, often he comes in a very ordinary way. But is it any less glorious when we open up the word of our God and read about the person of Jesus? Is it any less glorious when God's people today gather and they, they pour the water? And God says, with that water, though it looks so ordinary, he says, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the forgiveness of sins. And someone is born again. Is it any less glorious as we gather as God's people in his presence? God says, wherever two or three, just as there were three with Jesus on the mountain, just as there are with us now, wherever two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. God is present. Is there anything less glorious? Though right now we might yawn or be tired, we recognize, just like the disciples who are sleepy, there's something glorious here that God says we may not fully comprehend. Is it any less glorious when Jesus gives us to partake of his body and blood for forgiveness together with the bread and wine? God himself, present with his people in word and sacrament. 
Can we say that we have anything less glorious than what the disciples had? Though Jesus comes in such an ordinary way, we stand in the presence of God Almighty. Shouldn't we have our faces down in the ground and trembling as we hold his word and as we stand in his presence? But the real glory of Jesus is not just in what the disciples saw that day on the mountain. The real glory is that, that what they felt and heard after that. There they were, terrified of the presence of God, but Jesus did not come to drive them to fear. Jesus did not come to punish or to cause them to tremble. No, Jesus came to, in that lowly form, with that ordinary face, to touch them. And they heard him after they felt him, that, that friendly, familiar touch. They heard him say, get up, don't be afraid. And there he was, the same old familiar Jesus they had come to know. Jesus does not have to change his appearance for us to stand in awe and tremble before him. He's a holy God. If we were to see God, no, scriptures say nobody could live, but Jesus did change his appearance when he veiled his glory. He changed his appearance when he lowered himself and came to this world so he could speak to his disciples and speak to you those words, don't be afraid. God himself in human flesh. And the real glory of Jesus is found as he says, now heading down the mountain with his disciples, that he's going to suffer and rise again. Jesus said, as he approaches Jerusalem for the last time, now the Son of Man is going to be glorified. He's not just speaking about his coming resurrection and ascension to glory. He is speaking about his being lifted up on the cross. There is the glory of Christ. God Almighty, who lowers himself, veils his glory, takes on a humble form of a servant, the nothing in his appearance that we should desire him man. You picture that face which the disciples knew, shone like the sun. You picture that face being beaten, bruised, and bloody. And the Son of Man is glorified as that body which he came, that lowly body is hanging shamefully on the cross. And his clothing didn't look like it was shining bright, but the soldiers were gambling for it. Where was his glory? And he didn't look so glorious as he was not enveloped by a cloud that was bright and the Father speaking, but he was hanging in darkness and the Father turned his face away. Where's the glory? It's seen in the willing Son of God coming on behalf of sinners like us. So we would not have our faces down in the dirt, but that he would take our place and he could speak words of comfort. Don't be afraid. God has come to help his people. Here is the glory of Christ, that we can stand in full confidence before our God because he came and lowered himself to rescue us, his people. You know, there, there are certainly a lot of sources of confidence that we could have. But there are also many things that will rob us of that confidence, even to the point of our fear of death, standing before our God. 
But whatever we face in life, we are equipped to face it with confidence because we know who Jesus is and we have seen his glory. Picture those disciples. James, the first one who would die for his faith. And he could endure that because he knew who Jesus was, the glorious Son of God. And there's Peter writing in his letter, we have seen his glory, encouraging the suffering Christians, the scattered believers around him, saying, I saw his glory. I heard the voice speak. Our confidence comes from knowing the one who was disfigured beyond all appearance. There is actually one more description. It's from Isaiah 52 that describes the glory of Christ. And there it says, There were many who were appalled at him. His appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being, his form marred beyond human likeness. And the Messiah says, as he's disfigured in Psalm 22, My bones are all out of joint. That is the glory of God. The glory which the Apostle John says, He is the one who purifies us from all sin. And that glory of God equips us like James, like Peter, like John, like all of the disciples of Jesus, to stand confident in everything we face, even if we're to follow Christ and bear a cross. Because we know we'll see that glorious face, won't we? Jesus, who was disfigured and marred, who gave himself for us, is alive again in glory. I'm going to close with that picture because that's what the Apostle John finally writes when he sees Jesus once again, once again in glory. He too is trembling in fear. Who can stand in the presence of a holy God? But John writes, describing that picture of Jesus with that comforting word of Jesus saying, don't be afraid. John wrote, I saw someone like a son of man dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then should sound familiar, he placed his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. Get up. Be confident. Don't be afraid. We live in full confidence in him. We have seen his glory and we will see his glory. The same old glorious Jesus that we've always known. But in confidence, knowing this, it's a new you. Amen. Amen.